With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Connection. Uh, I was going to start doing these short little daily podcasts, but eh, why not do it now and uh, get going again? A couple weeks ago was the first one, but website, if you don't know, mwcconnection.com. I'm Jeremy Moss here, and this is going to be um, a couple times a week, hopefully, little feature I'm working on to uh, maybe have people download our podcast a bit more frequently. Blog Talk Radio, we're on uh, Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're also on, uh, soon to be on TuneIn. Um, some of these will be on YouTube. This, these shorter ones may or may not be. I'll decide down the road. So, hey, subscribe to our YouTube page. We'll make some videos as well. But um, this is a little short version of our daily hike news and notes. And with the draft, I figured let's get another one of these out there. We, me and Matt Kennerly had our gigantic 90-minute draft preview over the weekend. So that's still available. Again, Blog Talk Radio, preferred place to go find that. But um, with there being news and notes about the draft now, because there'll be rumors abound. Players will be, you've heard about stuff with Ruben Foster, a diluted sample, a guy's not going to the uh, uh, the green room for the draft, or guys, um, stuff coming out, um, arrests or red flags coming out of everywhere, it seems like. So probably not going to happen in the Mount West, too many of these things going on, but eh. Stuff can happen, so we're going to chat about a few news and notes. A couple of things I want to discuss on this. This is going to be mostly draft-related. If you're on our actual Daily Hike website reading this, I'll have some other news and notes as well. But I'm going to keep this uh, mostly on draft stuff. And the first thing we get to is uh, Charles Davis. Um, you should know him, NFL Network. Um, I think he does Big Ten Network, Fox NFL games as well. He chatted with the guys over at Trib.com, uh, Brandon, uh, Pokes Authority, uh, Brandon Foster there, chatting about Brian Hill and he, this running back class, me and Matt discussed on the main podcast the other day, it's extremely deep. Like I said, whatever you think of Joe Mixon, like there's a piece by um, Bill Connolly basically saying if he didn't have any issues where he had the uh, punch that girl knocked her out, and obviously a very huge deal, and if you saw the video even worse, if he, if he didn't have any issues, was just a more or less typical college guy, did his thing, played football, and didn't have any off-the-field stuff, Top five pick. He's going to get buried down. Probably still picked reasonably high because talent trumps everything. But you have him. You have his teammate, Samaji Piran. You have Dante Freeman. You have all the guys from Mountain West, Brian Hill, McNichols, Donald Pumphrey. You have Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey. And so um, Charles Davis was chatting with him. And he sees a Hill as an all-around back, as we do as well. He didn't get a ton of receptions in the backfield, but we see what he can do. And I mentioned before, like, well, he – can, not that he disappears, but there's times where he struggles to get yards down the field. And he will need, at some point, a huge 50-yard run to get away or to get his numbers up to, oh, he had 25 carries for 128. But then you notice he had one 55-yard run or something, which is still good. But there's times where like I make a foolish comparison to Barry Sanders because you've seen Sanders play years ago at the Lions. He'd have some games where minus five, minus two, one-yard gain, 60-yard run. That'd be sort of the case. And like Davis's assessment, similar to what we said before, he likes to have contact. He lowers his shoulder. He'll initiate contact at time. And that may or may not work in the NFL as much because obviously health-wise and backs are bruising. He had a ton of carries, a ton of touches for Hill. 
And a couple of things he says, like, I think more than anything, it's just um, he's a jack of all trades, which I don't I, his If you look at his numbers, like we discussed this last time, he, well, I mean, wasn't throwing a t- more than Donald Pumphrey. He was getting the ball in the backfield and receiving game. But Hill, while he rushed for 1,800 yards, 22 freaking touchdowns, his receiving game was eight eight for the season. So I don't see how Davis can make that comparison. He did have – Hill had 20 the year before and as a freshman had 13 when he came on huge where he had that record. I believe his first game versus Fresno State. He had 13 receptions in only, what, four games he actually played in. So it's there. Maybe it just wasn't featured because in Craig Bull's offense, he's just going to go – and just run the ball like crazy down the field. And, and so we, I don't know, like there's people who are saying Hill could be the best running back of the conference. Like I had a little conversation on Twitter, like doing that during our Mountain West show, like uh, back when going over postseason predictions or not predictions, but yeah, even predictions. And when they came out, first team, second team, like McNichols was second team running back. It's like, how is he a second team back? Where you have guys like what what they can do. And because um, McNichols, I believe that's right, McNichols, I should look it up really quick so I don't have some glaring air but there's guys like there's three huge backs in the mountain west like mcnichols is the all-around guy where he catches the ball he's probably like we mentioned the most versatile guy and probably would be the uh, first selection for a mountain rush running back just because if you can play all three downs you're going to stick in the nfl for a long time and we'll see yeah i was correct mcnichols was second team so i just wanted to double check because they're all great backs and a couple other things we have from Davis there. Um, he says what kind of jumps out, what distinguishes distinguishes him for Davis is that it's his uh, toughness. Well, you see what he can do. He crushes it. He initiates contact. He has power. And it, he's a guy where, like, Davis' ultimate assessment, fifth to seventh rounder. And, oh, great. I hope this auto ad doesn't play here again. But fifth to seventh round pick, it's like, I I know it's a stacked class. And the running, like, the NFL is a passing league. But one thing Davis says and makes sense, like if you're going to be a great team in the NFL, you're going to have a running game. Like look at teams that make the playoffs or look at the Patriots. Yeah, they had a couple guys back there, Deion Lewis, LeGarrette Blunt. Or if you look at the Falcons, yeah, Dante, uh, was Dante Freeman and uh, Tavion, oh, Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman, I believe. I, I know NFL enough, but not every, every single guys. But like you need multiple running backs. Like Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott made the playoffs. You'll have teams like the Giants had a combo of who was it? Uh, Rashard Jennings from UCLA, and oh shoot, who was their starter? I can't think of it. But guys in the NFL, their teams in the NFL will have multiple backs like that. Where that's why you're good. Well, yes, you'll sling with Aaron Rodgers, but they'll still give the ball to Eddie Lacy and other guys in the backfield. So he's a guy like going seventh round. Is like I get that it's stacked, and he's probably a what fifteenth to twentieth ranked back. We got, like like I said, Dalvin Cook, Dante Freeman, Joe Mixon. Chris McCaffrey, it's Fournette, it's crazy. So this draft, like, if you're with the Mountain West team, uh, Devontae Freeman, yeah, Tevin Coleman, those are the two guys in the Super Bowl from the Falcons. But it's like a, it's a one-two punch where you want two backs. And so you can see if Hill goes undrafted, that's like a heck of a steal. Look at guys that go late in the draft. Like, it's not very often guys go undrafted or six out of the round that become pro bowlers. And not that, not that I'm saying Hill will be an undrafted guy and then also be a pro bowl, but... These guys, like, there's a ton of backs where, look at the guys from Toledo. You get running backs from Tennessee. You got all sorts of these backs that are great where they, they'll go later just because running back league is not as much in the NFL. But there's so many great. And this is a resurgence coming back. And if Hill goes and draft, it'd be a travesty. But whoever picks him up, it's a steal. And he can pick whatever team he wants to go to. 
But that's a pretty big deal. And then some stuff on Pumphrey over at CBSSports.com. If you check them out, they're a great resource. Pete Briscoe does NFL stuff clearly for the um, iNetwork there. One player he's higher on the scouts is Pumphrey. People complain, or not complain, drawback. Size, 175, 5'9". And he does have the they say he does have the great size to be a twenty five carry player like he was in college. However, he can be. I don't get these comparisons where like Prisco says uh, he can be an outstanding back in the passing game and can handle ten to twelve carries as a change of pace guy. The stats don't back this up, so I'm wondering, am I missing something about these running backs that aren't catching the ball? Because Pumphrey wasn't asked. He had three hundred fifty three. Excuse me, three forty nine touches last year. And receiving game, he had 27, so I guess that's a bit more than I thought. So maybe that's where they want to do, um, use him a bit more. Seven reception versus UNLV was his high last year, five versus Wyoming. So he does have that out there. I just used to seeing him toting the ball and just go crushing up the middle. And so if his hands are as good as um, what scouts are seeing, that is an, an ideal spot for him where he can, not as well as McNichols catching the ball, but these this guy's saying he's because he broke Marshall Falk's record, Broke the NCAA rushing rushing record from Ron Dane, quote unquote asterisk, whatever you want to say. Bowl games on included, they are now. But he, he'll be a nice NFL player. He because I said like you see guys like Emmett Smith or Darren Sproul, smaller guys that have great careers. And think about Pumphrey, he's small enough he can go up the middle and still go through those tackles. And he could be a guy where he could sneak through an off center, off guard play because he's five nine and not this bulking six four two twenty five back like. Ezekiel Elliott or those bigger bruising backs, Adrian Peterson. And so look for him to, he'll get drafted. I assume he'll get drafted. He just may not, I don't think he'll ever be like a, a number one starter in the NFL. It'll probably be a, a combination where like a one and two back where he may get 40% of the carries or touches compared to 60% to someone else. And then uh, as for McNichols, he's going to get picked as well. I think he's going to be the first guy drafted. But he has to have a Jay Jai who is a fifth round pick from the, Broncos and out the Dolphins a couple years ago. He thinks he has that quote, like he's a fire to be great inside. And if you see what McNichols does, he's what the NFL wants now running backs. So you can play every down, catch the ball, return, receive the ball. Blocking needs to work on because he didn't do a ton of that. He does get a kick return, um, punt return duties as well, potentially. And he knows, like JJ knows McNichols, watched him a bit, their teammates for, I think, a second, I believe. But McNichols is projected as a fourth to seventh round pick. So like, uh, okay, Ajay went fifth round partly because of that uh, late knee injury were bone on bone. But Ajay is like, I hope he gets his name called earlier than mine. But here's what the more uh, lengthy thing of what Ajay said: For starters, he's a hungry kid. Desire, regardless of where you get drafted, it's going to propel you in the league. He's had, like I said, that fire great inside. And he has a skill set. That's the main thing. He like he's a workhorse. He can get enough carries and touches to be on the field nearly every down. And so he could, like, out of all three guys, like, if I'm going to say who could be the starter, like, come in and be a starter sooner or longer, I'd probably have to go to McNichols and Hill. Hill can run very well. McNichols can run good as well, but McNichols in the passing game as well. And this is not a slide against Pumphrey. If his catching ability is as good as it is, he'll be on the field a lot more. Maybe he'll be, he could be a guy who goes into motion to be wide receiver at times. Maybe that's how he gets a lot more touches. But as for pure running back, I think McNichols or Hill have the slight edge, and it's it's so close. Like if you go back and listen to our shows or read our stuff, we're it's like pulling hairs, like who's better, who's not. NFL, I would say whoever can do more things is better, and I would say that lean toward McNichols. And 
like I said, I think I said our show, he's going to be the first guy drafted from the Mountain West, I think, at least of the running backs. But if you look back at the history of Boise running backs, if you have a team that's a trend of getting picked and doing well, teams will say, okay, I'll maybe move him up one spot more. You have a Jai picked in the fifth round 2015 starter. You have Doug Martin, 2012, first-round pick by the Bucks. I know he suspended the first four games of this year, but a dependable starter. And then you'd go back a bit farther back or further back to Brock Forsley in 03. John Francis in the 80s, and before that, like John Smith and David Hughes back in the 70s and very early 80s in 81 for Hughes' sake as a second-round pick. So there's plenty of talent and running back, and there's lots of news on this draft stuff. We're going to wrap up here in a minute. I want to focus on the running backs to get in a quick uh, a podcast here. Hopefully, uh, maybe you have a short commute. You can fit us all in at one point, <laughs> one little bit here. But I might do a few more of these before the draft because uh, by the time you hear this, it's Tuesday night. You'll maybe, be, maybe it'll be in your feed tonight or Wednesday, but we may do another one with any sort of projections or any more news that come out, especially stuff that could affect the running back situation within the conference and who will get picked first. And one last quick note. We talked about David Daniel Brunskill on the show last time in the main show where he played tight end, he played tackle. He's a guy, not sort of comparison we made, there's Robert Gallery, who was like, I believe, a top five pick to the Raiders from Iowa, I believe. He Supposed to be just stud left tackle. Didn't do great, but had a decade career playing guard as well. And so Brun- Brunskill could play tight end. He's played there. He's kind of passed the score touchdowns. Um, he's played offensive tackle. And another one of these guys' late round picks. But that's the latest on him where, um, let's see who we have here. Um, he was uh, recruited as a walk-on, as he says. So he, obviously, every, every kid who goes to a big-time program or FBS dreams of going to NFL and here's what he said out of high school, or what his uh, vision was in out of high school, like what he wanted to do. He didn't have any college offers, he says. He just wanted to make a team. And again, he, he, said, he goes on to say he still had the dream to make the NFL. But realistically, you know, probably won't be if you're a walk-on, no scholarships, or very few. And now he's improved so much, he has a chance to make NFL, NFL roster. And that would be awesome if he, if he could do that. And he has versatile enough. And he, he says here, I don't have an ego catching the ball. It's like... And sort of specifically when he moved to tackle. But that'll help him. He could be a blocking tight end. He could be a guy like uh, Klein Saucer, we mentioned, an H-back guy. So that you can move him, move him around, an eligible ta- ta- tackle at point at times, for like a two-point conversion or goal line jumbo set. He has a pretty cool set where that could be a spot where he can make a team. And if you get a mention by Mike Mayock of NFL Network, calls him an interesting prospect because of that conversion. And so he will be a project, but... One big thing is how long will it take to project, contributor, role player, starter. If it's a three-year thing, maybe not, but if it's a year and a half, two years, that might allow him to get to a team faster or may hang around the practice squad for a year or so. But he's going to get drafted or get be picked up by a team. Excuse me. You have also guys like Nico Siragusa. He'll be picked up. Pumphrey, obviously. Devontae Casey. Who all went to the combine. Those three. Um... And one thing about Brunsko, I didn't realize he was um, – getting over an illness, and he lost about 20 pounds this offseason. So that's a big deal. So he ended up getting full strength at Pro Day, and now he's completely healthy. So hopefully uh, he gets picked up because of that. But that's all we got for right now for a quick little podcast right on 15 minutes. So hopefully just enough. I'll scour some more news um, for other guys in the conference for draft stuff because there's always tidbits about everybody will have their seven-round mocks. Maybe I'll go through a couple of those the day of the draft or night before. But that's it for this particular episode. Again, check us out, mwcconnection.com. 
Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Um, if you want, if you like this show, if you find it by searching NFL Draft, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Subscribe to it. Give us a review. Like me and Matt say, five stars, but tell us how you really, really feel on Stitcher, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, wherever you listen to the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I guess i got to end like this all the time. We're biased against your team, but heck, we got to draft this week? No, not the case. We want everybody to be picked. And check out our coverage of the draft stuff. We have a little hub for free agents after the draft when picks come through. All sorts of good insight coming up from all of our writers. So thanks for tuning in, and we will uh, see you next time right here. Again, check us out at mwcconnection.com. We'll see you next time, folks.